0: This is Audiobook Warriors. Audiobook Warriors presents an unabridged recording of All the Wrong Things by Love Bitgar 8.
1: Narrated by René Bartkowiak and directed by Prana Opal. Chapter 1 Friday, August 27th, 1999
0: They are murmuring again, trying to keep their voices low so the prisoner can't hear but the prisoner is 15 feet away and they are failing. I wish they would take me out of the room if they need to discuss, bring me back to the small room I was in this morning, but of course they let me stand in this cage in the middle of them on display. I pick a spot four feet in front of me and maintain my gaze. I don't want to look at them and I don't want to fall asleep. I feel a yawn. Mr. Malfoy, your next witness is here. Are you ready to proceed? I almost smile. Do I have a choice? I nod my head, interested to see what witnesses I have. And Harry fucking Potter walks in. He looks over at me and has the audacity to grimace like he pities me. (laughs) What a joke. They question him about the night Dumbledore died. No one has ever told me that Potter was there the whole time. Something about a cave and flying back and then me appearing on the astronomy tower. I know this story already, so I close my eyes. And then I saw him lower his wand. My eyes open. Potter's already looking at me. And I hold in a sneer, as it would probably not help my case. His eyes are glistening. Is he going to fucking cry? I saw Draco Malfoy lower his wand when Urbis Dumbledore offered him protection. I believe that he would have taken the offer if the Death Eaters had not entered the Astronomy Tower at that very moment. Mr. Potter, the night that Albus Dumbledore was murdered is already on file from the testimony you gave for Severus Snape. We cannot reopen that night. And what if I have new information? Information to help the accused? You have already told us that Draco Malfoy failed to kill Albus Dumbledore. I wince. And we have that in the file. A redhead. Do you have more information for us, Mr. Potter? I watch as Potter stumbles over his words, trying to find a pathway back to his noble intentions. He starts talking about the night the snatcher's got him. He looks at me once, quickly, and I'm happy to note that I'm already glaring back in confusion. What could he possibly have to say about that night? I think of his bubbling skin, the scar bulging out, distorting the stupid lines of it my father bringing me down to look at him and his disturbing green eyes looking back at me. Of course it was Harry Potter. Anyone with half a brain would know. And he refused to identify me, Potter says. A laugh bursts from my throat, a scoff. I guess that's one way of
1: looking at it. Potter turns to look at me and the slight horror in his face is worth it. I smile at him like I just caught the snitch. Mr. Potter, the redhead asks, I have several questions about Dolores Umbridge
0: and Mr. Malfoy's actions under her reign at Hogwarts. I sigh. I settle myself in my cage. I lean back against the bars and cross my ankles and my arms and let them condemn me. The sound of Potter's voice blends into the background and I wait for a shift in the air. After ten minutes or so, I feel him dismissed. Mr. Malfoy, a gray-haired man, This is your opportunity to comment on the testimony provided. Do you have a comment? I
1: lift a brow. The gray-haired man rubs the bridge of his nose. I've exasperated him. 10 points to me.
0: Mr. Malfoy, may I remind you that you are facing up to 80 years in Azkaban. If you have a comment or a clarification to make after a witness has testified, You are encouraged to do so if you think it will help your case. Nothing will keep me out of Azkaban, you Dolts. You've already decided. If the testimony of Harry Potter himself won't help me, they'll need to dig up Dumbledore. Got it. My voice is scratchy, but the insolence is at least in place. Several purple rogues roll their eyes. Shall we proceed then, Mr. Malfoy? Go for it. A blonde woman sighs and looks at me with pity. I hate her for it.
1: The gray haired man asks the short portly wizard at the door to bring in the next witness. Another one. Really? I keep my ankles crossed. My arms
0: folded and I lean my head back on the bars closing my eyes. State your name. Hermione Jean Granger. My eyes snap open. My left foot touches stone on the solid ground, uncrossing my ankles in case I fall over. I look at her. Top-colored robes, ugly gray shoes, neutral tones all around. She looks like she's trying to play the role of ministry drag, which last I heard she is. Hermione Jean Granger, you are here of your own free will. You have not been summoned in defense of the accused. Is this correct? I'm holding my breath, waiting for her. Yes, that is correct. She's gripping the railing of the testimony platform. And she's looking straight ahead. She launches into a speech much more rehearsed than Pottos about some night last March, and it's not until too late that I realize it's that night. And she still hasn't looked at me, as usual, as always. I tear my eyes off of her and glance at the purple robes. The blonde woman that pitied me catches my eye. I turn away and resume my position, ankles crossed, arms folded. I don't remember letting my arms drop. I concentrate on building the walls I haven't needed for months. I'm rusty. The only occupancy one needs in Azkaban is to hide thoughts from oneself. The melody of her voice cuts through me and I try not to listen, only hearing snippets of buying us time and choosing not to identify Harry Potter. I start from the basics. A pile of bricks in front of me, red and common. I lay a simple line before my feet. A hand tool moves quickly to fill the holes with the sticky paste. The wisdom gamut begins asking her questions. She hasn't rehearsed this. I'm not listening to her words, but to her tones and tempos. It sounds like when Severus used to grill her until she slipped. A second layer of red bricks on top of the first, and slowly there's a wall forming building up from nothing a third layer mortar squeezing between bricks. did you have a relationship with mr malfoy at hogwarts i grind my teeth together and concentrate on the nothing i'm feeling we were classmates i built the fourth line of bricks getting sloppier hurrying to get to the fifth row and the sixth i picture her in my mind and suddenly the wall is built up to her navel She stares at me in my imagination, asking me what I'm doing. Bricks to her neck. I hear my mother's name from her lips and it pauses me. I turn to look at her in real life. She grips the railing and she's flushed. Due to her assistance with the Battle of Hogwarts, I believe I have just presented the moment that his assistance was necessary. I think I could give you several other citations and moments where his actions spoke not of a Death Eater, but of a son and a child. I think Mr. Malfoy's crimes should be expunged and a full pardon given.
1: And I laugh when I realize that I am the
0: Mr. Malfoy in this case and Hermione Granger has chosen me to rescue. A full pardon like the house elves. I'm a pet project for her. She turns to look at me and her eyes are wide and terrified and I hear the bricks crumble and crash to the floor. Terrified? Of me? Or for me imagining a life in Azkaban for me terrified and pitying me she turns back to the older people in purple and I watch her as she fights for me for no reason whatsoever except that she pities me what qualifies me is that I am human and I see room for forgiveness and she's forgiven me well who asked her to I watch as the heat rises in her as she talks back, her face pink and her hands squeezing like they want to be around someone's neck. And she's magnificent. And it's bringing forward everything I've tried not to remember. She looks exactly as I remembered her and my bricks are scattered at my feet. Draco Malfoy did not kill Arbus Dumbledore. He did not kill anyone. So I do not see why he is being tried in full wizard gamut as if he is a murderer, and a staunch supporter of the Dark Lord. Just because his name is Malfoy does not mean you can place the sins of the war on his shoulders. There is silence. The wizengamet is still. And she thinks she's got me packed. I've kept myself from thinking of her for over a year. Cancelled my subscription to the Prophet months ago, kept her in a box, and she had to come storming in here, reinserting herself. Expected to rot away in peace, but she had to ruin my plans. A familiar burning inside my gut fires up. Why, I can't tell if I would like more to kiss her or to kill her. Like a candle's flame being pushed either direction by the wind. I feel the risen gamut shift. I thank her for her testimony. She turns to look at me, and I know I'm glaring daggers at her. The merciful Hermione Granger, protector of the downtrodden. And in a moment she loses all confidence. She loses the heat and the passion. And she blinks at me like I've drained her. I expect her to glare back. Maybe toss a, you're welcome, Malfoy, in my direction. But she looks like she regrets glancing at me. Looks terrified. She steps down off the witness stand and exits, her ugly gray shoes clicking away. This is now the last time I see her. Terrified and cautious and pitying me a memory of her smiling clutching onto potter and holding hands with weasley tired and happy and victorious after the final battle as i looked on from the slytherin table with my mother that was what i had and now
1: this mr malfoy
0: would you like to comment on the testimony provided something's off about her something doesn't make sense I'm about to head to Azkaban for 20 to 80 years. This will be your last opportunity to address the court today. We will ask questions after lunch, and then on Monday we will reconvene to take your closing statements and discuss your verdict. Why was she here? What did she want? Was I just a house elf to her? I hear them call my name one more time, several crotchety women getting antsy. One thought presses on me pushes through my
1: throat and down into my chest. I have to get out. Friday, August 27th, 1999. Later. It takes an hour to
0: convince them of my value to the ministry and the ongoing investigations of the dark objects and death eaters. I suggest a probationary period for as long as they'd like, but they are unsatisfied. Finally, the redheads said that I provide memories as testimony. They love that idea. I struggle to find a way around it as I piece together a list of everything I would never want another soul to see. All the memories that live in a different part of my mind, the memories that skill and training help me bury. Finally, they are in agreement. Memories of anything significant in upcoming trials and investigation. Three months of probation at the ministry working directly with Potter, I assume, and appearances at court dates for any Death Eaters still on trial. They look at me, waiting for my acceptance, like it's easy. I'm just about to accept when the redhead says, and of course, I would like March 30th, 1998 included in your provided memories. A murmuring of, hear, hear, and it will only help you, dear. I click my jaw shut and think of a fireplace in the scream. I scratch my temple and ask, who will have access to these memories? I imagine Harry Potter snacking on popcorn while he cozies up to his pensive with his weasley bird. The Wizen And the Aura's office? I ask. The Wizen exclusively, the blonde says. She's watching me closely, seeing right through me.
1: I nod. I hate this. I consider the 20 years my father received. I'd be 39 then. I
0: remember the plans I made in my first few months of Azkaban, how I dreamed of starting a company possibly, or just escaping to France to run the vineyards. And then her terrified eyes, pale and stale, like her clothing, like everything else about her, and I need to find out what happened. I accept. Thursday, December 7th, 1995 Favorite thing I loved watching Potter and Weasley fumble their way through the easiest recipes And when Severus would mock them or ignore her hand in the air That was golden It's become an impolite torture now I dreamt of her last night It wasn't the first time and it won't be the last I know But it makes these double classes unbearable Snape watches me closely throughout the lesson, and I do everything in my power to keep my eyes off of her. He calls on me once, and I quickly recover and provide him an answer. Maybe wrong, his gaze stays with me as her hand shoots up to ask a question, and I blink, more of a twitch, to keep my eyes on the front of the room. Miss Granger! But wouldn't the flux weed mix too rapidly? Shouldn't it be added slowly? I feel the muscles in my jaw clench. She's right, and I would give anything to get her back. But I have no idea what potion we're even talking about. And then I think of how I'd like to correct her, with her arms stuck down on the desk and her skirt pulled up. I shake my head, and suddenly I'm imagining her correcting me. Teaching me, with her thighs on either side of mine and her hands on my shoulders bouncing as she tells me the proper way to mix the fluxweed. Miss Granger... Snape's voice snaps me back to the present. I didn't ask for corrections. I hear Crab laugh lightly on my right, and I train my eyes on the chalkboard, shifting in my chair and ignoring the discomfort in my trousers. I don't need to look at her to know that her cheeks are pink, and with any luck she's biting her lip to keep from biting back at him. I don't need to let my eyes drift in her direction to know she is scribbling furiously, handwriting messy and inconsistent doesn't matter she'll go over her notes again later and rewrite them making them legible and detailed i swallow and begin taking my own notes 20 minutes later and i guess the class is over
1: dismissed mr
0: Malfoy. please stay i stare down at my potions book feeling my classmates eyes as they pack up around me i sit still patient. a movement from the corner pulls my eyes and of course it's her. For no reason whatsoever. She looks away as soon as our eyes meet, and continues packing up her things, the second to last person out the door. Draco. He has used my given name, so I know that whatever Severus has to say, it will be nothing about school. Why are you distracted? I bite my tongue and look up at him. He looks down his nose at me. Owl's coming up. I say, lots of things in my head, and I'm a prefect now, lots of responsibilities. He examines me. I decide to stay quiet until spoken to. I would suggest, he says, sorting out these responsibilities sooner than later, Draco. His eyes flicker to the door. He waves a hand, and it locks. He waves his hand again, and I feel the hum of a silencing charm. I let out a slow breath, and he says... It won't do to be distracted. Times like these call for concentration. I blink up at him and wonder why this moment required a silencing charm. He's staring directly into my eyes, like I'm supposed to understand something. He doesn't look like he's going to say anything more, so I stand, gathering my books. Of course, Severus. You're going home for Christmas this year, yes? I look up at him. Potions book halfway into my bag. Yes, that's the plan. I'm sure you're aware that you may have visitors at the holidays. His voice lilts at the end. And now I know why he silenced the room. Possibly even house guests. I shiver at the idea of Lord Voldemort slithering through the manor. I'm not sure I was aware, no. I swallow. Thank you for telling me. I stand still, unsure if we are finished. You may even have the opportunity to meet a few relatives on your mother's side. If not by Christmas, then shortly after, I'm sure. His eyes are black and diving into mine. Aunt Bellatrix? But she's in Azkaban. A breakout? He's telling me top-secret plans. He's looking into me. Pouring information into my mind, and I don't know what he wants from me. That will be a happy reunion, I'm sure. I try. Maybe he's testing me? I encourage you to concentrate when meeting new people, Draco. Concentrate. Of course. Thank you, Severus. Your distractions could be very dangerous, he says. He steps closer to me. For you and for Miss Granger. Cold seizes my chest. I feel the skin on my face buzzing, tightening. My eyes are open and trained on him. I have no idea what you're talking about. He sighs. He drags his eyes across my face, my neck and shoulders, and back up to my eyes. That will never work on him, Draco. Or your aunt. Or even your father. I have no idea what you're talking about. Are you in a relationship with her? Or are you just imagining one? I step into him and my face heats. I have no idea what you are talking about. I clip my words, hissing them into his face. I'm almost as tall as him now. He frowns and looks to the side. He moves away from me, back to the front of the room. I'm seeing red as I shove my quill and ink into my bag. You have all the makings of a great ocular Draco. When you're cornered, your mind blanks tend towards self-preservation. Most would start thinking of consequences or of their loved ones, but your mind focuses on the task at hand. His back is to me. It will be quite easy for you to learn. I don't need occlumency, I.S. I have nothing to hide from the Dark Lord. I throw my bag on my shoulder. Do you make it a habit of reading your students' minds? I didn't have to delve into you at all, Draco. You were screaming at me, he says. I snort in response. You will need to control your emotions and your thoughts. I can help you. I don't need help. I don't need you, I stomp to the door, pulling my wand to unlock it. If the Dark Lord finds out, I spin. He won't find out, and I feel my breath leave me. I've admitted it out loud. He doesn't look smug about it. He looks devastated. I squeeze my hand around my wand. I try to relax my face and scoff. It's just sex. It's just fantasy. I shrug. I'm 15. He looks into me. Then I suggest you find a more suitable outlet. I swallow. He waves his hand
1: and releases his spurs on the room. I pull the door open and run.